<laughs> All right, Haley Rizik, how you doing? How's your day going? I'm doing very well. My day has been amazing today so far. Honestly, amazing day. Busy, I'd imagine. Yeah, always, always busy. But um, the nice weather. I mean, we can't ask for much more. So, walk me through today. My schedule for today. So I woke up around eight this morning, and I needed to finish up some of uh, my final research paper that was due today. This is our last week of school, so I'm, uh, you know, getting all those final presentations done. I finished that up. I went down to the training room around ten, and I was there from ten to eleven, working on um, this minor Achilles problem that I've been having. Um, practice started up at 11 for me today. Um, we did some high jump practice, then we did some mid-distance workouts, and then we finished up with shot put. And then it was so beautiful outside today that I just decided to eat lunch out there on the track, um, hang out with my teammates for a little bit. Went back into the training room. At this point, it was like, it was already like two. Um, and I only had one class today, which was at 3.30 to 5. Um, it's called neuroeconomics. Um, so I went to that. And then I went back down to the training room to get more treatment for my Achilles. And then came back up here, had a bite to eat, and then hopped on this call. Is training pretty lenient? Or is it part of like a very strict schedule? I'm kind of in a weird situation because majority of collegiate track and field athletes probably have a set time where they go with their team and they work out in a group. Since I'm a head athlete, which is uh, a track and field person that competes in seven different events, um, I'm the only head athlete on our team. So I kind of have this different schedule. Um, and I mean, for today, I always come in and start at 11. And then my coach and I essentially work on some different events that we need to touch every day um but for the most part it's it's pretty regimented and um I'm a big proponent and a big fan of the training room I'm always in there so I will go in there whenever I have extra time in the day that is a perfect segue I want to knock out this intro real quick uh you already heard it you pen track and field senior heptathlete Haley Rizik for those who don't know what encompasses a heptathlete you mentioned it the handful of events so walk me through what events you do and you as an athlete the seven events that a heptathlete competes in are the 100 meter hurdles the high jump the shot put and the 200 and it's it's over a span of two days so those first four events are in the first day then you come back the second day and you compete in long jump the javelin throw and you finish it up with an 800 meter run. That's insane. <laughs> like, that's so wild. What is your favorite event? Recently, and this is very recently, my favorite event has been the 800 meters. It used to definitely not be that. And I feel like for most of athletes, they, um, they really hate that 800 meters. But for me, it's kind of a strong a strong point and it's a it's an event where you can get really gritty and just give mm. it your all and it's a last event so you're just giving it everything that you have and I've I've found it to be I don't know it's just it's it's fun to just give everything you have in that last run it's always fun when you empty the tank yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. why recently has that been a newfound love for you 
I, I kind of switched up my training styles. Um, when we got a new coaching staff, my new coach essentially trains me as a 400 meter hurdler and a heptathlete. So um, there's a lot of emphasis on kind of having the fitness to run a really strong 400 meter time, um, which also translate to like a strong 800 meter time. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just feel like having the fitness to be able to run a good time in the 400 and 800 just makes it way more enjoyable than when you're trying to run the 800 meters if you're only training to do mostly like jumping or field events. Historically, were you working mostly strength? Yeah, I just, I felt like I was missing a lot of like kind of that long sprint endurance aspect of it. Um, and, and I I definitely was focusing a little bit more on this like strength and power side of it, but um, kind of just from like, I'm trying to think of the word, like almost like brute strength. Like I really just tried to muscle everything um, versus now I've really tried to be more of like an athlete that competes with like a lot of finesse and skill and kind of quickness versus that's like just brute force trying to get after it. (laughs) I mean, you're talking to the former football player. So all that I know is brute force. (laughs) What is your least favorite event? It used to be the high jump because that was the event that I struggled most with. But um, I've kind of turned a page in that book. So I think that as of right now, I, I just don't think that I have one. I really like all the aspects of all the different events. So I, I don't think I have a least favorite one. That's awesome, though. It says a lot about you as an athlete and also that you are just so multifaceted, which I'm so curious to learn more about. Growing up, did you always compete in everything or is this kind of like a recent endeavor going into college? Growing up, I played probably every sport that you could imagine. Um, aside from soccer, I don't, for some reason, I never played on a soccer team. But when I got to high school, I was kind of trying a bunch of different events um, for our track and field team when I was a freshman. And I really just wanted to be like a competitive varsity track and field athlete so I was just finding wherever I could be on the team like I would want to try to help out and um, I think that year I ended up being pretty good in the women's javelin and the women's 100 meter hurdles and um, at the end of the season we had this big kind of national or regional track and field meet in Albuquerque where I'm from and essentially this was like it was almost like club it wasn't a high school related thing but they were holding a woman's decathlon and so traditionally the women compete in the heptathlon which is seven different events over the two days and the men's version of that is a decathlon which has 10 different events over two days so you do five and five and they're different events they they add a few more events obviously but um my coach was like would you want to try the women's decathlon at this like regional track and field meet it's called the great southwest and he was like you can just like try out all these different events and see if like you enjoy it he's like you're very athletic so I think that you'd do pretty well in it and I was like okay so there was it was like me and four other girls that um did that my freshman year and 
I really enjoyed it. I think one of the funny stories that comes from that first like multi event that I did um, was the, the fact that my friends had invited me to go to a Luke Bryan concert on on that Friday night. And the competition was Friday, Saturday. And I just remember like begging my mom, like, oh, like, can I please go to this concert like with my friends? Like we, we had seats, so I wasn't gonna be like standing up, but they, they let me go. And I came back the next day and did the next five events of the decathlon, which like, I just have no idea how when you're young, you have like infinite amount of energy to just do anything. Cause I, I can't even imagine doing that now. <laughs> Correct me if I'm wrong. Was there a time when you did the great Southwest with a back injury? Um, oh yeah. My senior year. So I essentially competed my sophomore year. I did another woman's decathlon. And then at that point I was starting to get pretty good at track and field. Um, I also was a highly competitive volleyball player um, in high school. I, honestly, I thought that's what I'd be playing in college. But um, after my sophomore year, I was like, oh, like you could get recruited to go to college off of the women's heptathlon. And so I made the switch my junior year, competed in the women's heptathlon. And then my senior year, I was kind of burnt out at that point from like having a really long volleyball season to club volleyball season to outdoor track season and then extending that season into the summer and my back was really bothering me but I felt like I just wanted to get one more heptathlon in before I went off to college um and that like now I know that that's not a smart idea to compete in such a like strenuous event when you have something bothering you um at least that injury was like it was pretty tough for me but um it was still like, it was fun to get out there. And even though I wasn't as competitive as I had been in previous heptathons, like it was still a great experience. How did you get the back injury? Honestly, I can't remember. Like I barely remember <laughs> that me in general, but I just remember my back was bothering me. I had no idea if I was going to do it or not. And my coach was like, oh, you should just do it. And it, like, it was fine. It, like, it's so frustrating when you kind of go to compete and you know that you're not capable of giving that hundred percent. Um, and even though you try to manufacture it when it's not there, sometimes it's just not there. So that was like really frustrating and like sat with me the rest of the summer. So that was tough. Even as a former football player, you play a lot through pain, whether it's serious or not. And you're an athlete and you're a competitor, like you're going to push through whatever you need to push through to make sure that you're on the field or you're on the track that you can compete. It's tough. And like you said, like as an athlete, you kind of, you have to know when too much is too much, especially with an injury. And I feel like a lot of times you're like, oh, like I don't want to be a baby, but this also hurts really bad. You're like, is it going to get worse? Should I just not complain and just suck it up? Um, and finding that like that medium is it's really difficult. But um, I have a coach. I remember one of my volleyball coaches told me he was like, "Your performance is kind of like all the distract or like your ability minus like the distractions that you have. And if that distraction is like uh, an injury or like a nagging hamstring, or in my in my uh, perception of it, I also think about like sometimes if you have poor mental health." Um, that's going to affect your ability to perform so trying to like minimize 
all those things is like super important and that happens very often walk me through your experience in high school as a volleyball player you had mentioned that for a moment there you thought that would have been your pursuit going into college and that wasn't the case yeah I started I started playing volleyball when I was in middle school um I I also played a a handful of other sports but um when I got to high school I narrowed it down to volleyball and track um and our club team was really really successful like we'd go to club nationals which was really fun and got to travel um and a lot of my best friends I made through that volleyball team um our high school team and our club team so those girls I'm still close with them and they're just so amazing but um my sophomore year I was on varsity my sophomore year junior year we won the state championship for volleyball and senior year we got runner-up for this in the state championships um and yeah like I since my sophomore year I started recruiting um for collegiate volleyball I really thought that I was going to play sand volleyball um that was an up-and-coming sport in collegiate athletics obviously it didn't end up going that way just because I felt like my passions aligned a little bit more with track and field and I always liked how I was able to kind of see those quantitative results and that progression happen how did you get your way into the field events oh (laughs) so our our field event coach his coach was his name was coach Mora he was just like one of my favorite persons ever and I just really enjoyed being coached by him so um in javelin I would say javelin kind of has the same motion as uh hitting a volleyball so immediately he was like oh like you need to try javelin I think you'd be really good at it and I've always been naturally pretty successful with women's javelin and then um actually my uncle was our high jump coach and our jumps coach and he was just part-time. He wasn't at practice uh, very often, but I also like really loved working with him because he had jumped collegiately as well. So um, he was a great mentor and just having those coaching figures um, be so supportive. It was, it was easy to like want to practice those events with them. And when you have an influence like family member or a favorite coach is very easy to go into something that they advise you to get into at the time did you have competing interests from schools looking at you as a volleyball player or in track and field so I kind of had a crazy recruiting process because I was still waiting out for some volleyball offers my senior year and while most track and field athletes kind of commit to college in the in the fall of their senior year I had like really pushed it pushed it out and was like no like I still want to see if I can like play sand volleyball um like I was just it was just really hard for me to make a decision and I'm such an indecisive person that that just didn't help with the process um but I don't think I committed to Penn till I want to say March of my senior year so that spring yeah. um, and I had taken an official visit here and I had loved it so much but it was still like being unsure with what sport I wanted to play in college 
And I, and I knew I wasn't going to do both because mm. that just sounds insane. <laughs> what was that deciding factor for you to choose track and field at UPenn? My dad sat me down that spring and he was like, you know, you need to make a decision or else you're not going to go anywhere and you're going to have to live here for a year at home. And I was like, okay, I really need to figure out what I want to do. And I think what it came down to was one, Penn is an Ivy League school. So it's one of the top schools in the world. Um, and just having an opportunity to attend a university like that is just pretty unbelievable. And I felt like well, my, my older brother, he played football at Brown University, which is also mm. an Ivy League. And he was like, you'd be kind of dumb not to go to an Ivy League school if you have the opportunity to. And I was like, yeah, like you're right. And I on my visit at Penn, I loved it. I really loved the team culture that they had and that our team still has. And I was also a huge fan of our coach at the time, um, Portia Dobson. She's She moved to Dartmouth. She's Dartmouth's uh, head track and field and cross country coach right now. Um, but growing up, I, ha I had a really amazing female volleyball coach um, in high school with my high school team. And I was like, you know, I really want a female coach again um, in college. And I think just the combination of all those aspects made Penn like the top choice. And I just kind of also realized that I would be more successful in track than in volleyball. So I find it very interesting that now you are the only hemped athlete at Penn. It's honestly so crazy because that is not a normal experience that most people have. Like there's usually at least like two or three. Some schools have like a handful. Um, and it's, it's made it honestly kind of hard at times because I'm mm -hmm. practicing by myself or um, it's just like me and my coach, which is, it's really nice to have like that one-on-one -on -one coaching, but it's also hard because like being on a team is one of the best aspects of playing collegiate sports. So mm -hmm. um, that, that is tough. Yeah. Um, but when I was recruited to Penn, there was two other girls that were also doing the heptathlon. And by the time my freshman year was over, both of them had decided to do individual events one of them wanted to just focus on high jump the other one was focusing on like 400 meter 200 meter sprints so I was left to my lonesome you mentioned you have an uncle that was a competitive athlete you have a brother that played at Penn um, growing up I'd imagine older brothers highly competitive athletic family <laughs> <laughs> walk me through your upbringing and sports you really just hit the nail uh, with the hammer with that one because that is essentially how I grew up I have two older brothers um, one is seven years older than me and one is five years older than me um, and yeah growing up they were always very successful in the sports that they did so I think seeing them as my role role models um, I wanted to be just like them and like do all the sports that they were doing and be successful um, my dad played college football and my mom was a dancer in college. Um, so they were both like really into sports and, um, like growing up, the only thing that was ever on TV was sports center or ESPN. Um, I have like no memories of any childhood shows because we were only watching ESPN. Um, <laughs> 
so definitely grew up in a household where sports was like very uh it was very central kind of to everything that we did and it, it made it really fun like I think I got to play uh played softball played baseball played tennis um swam just kind of tried to do every sport that I could try and um I'm really grateful that my parents always wanted to be like a big part in that and like my t-ball team my mom and my grandma coached um they've always been just a really integral part of my athletic foundation so it's made it really fun when you have a family or like you're in a community or an environment that pushes you to be better you're always going to excel exactly and it ingrains the idea that like that you can work hard and that you can push yourself into a zone of uncomfort and um, still be successful. And that's Mm -hmm. kind of how you get to the next level. Um, And yeah, so I think from a young age, I've always kind of had that, (laughs) that drive and motivation just intrinsically, which has been great. Um, And I think it's opened a lot of doors for me. And like, as we were talking about earlier, how I feel like I don't really have, I don't know if I have like a, a passion because I'm like I'm passionate about track and field and like I'm passionate about learning a lot of different things um in school I'm passionate about like hanging out with my friends and talking to my family as much as I can but I, I don't know I just I feel like having kind of like that hard work and the drive it just keeps you going whenever life opens up doors you know that you can just enter into them and move on full speed ahead mm-hmm. versus like myself just like knowing exactly what I want to do and just like spearheading and moving in that direction has it been difficult transitioning over to Penn with your family back in New Mexico oh yeah that was I was telling someone the other day how I think that my transition to Penn is it was the hardest thing that I'd ever done in my life. And I think it will still be the hardest thing that I have ever done in my life, like throughout my lifetime, because it was hard, so hard. Um, I, I don't know if I just wasn't kind of ready for the transition. One, moving across the country was just very different for me. And I grew up I mean, in New Mexico, everyone lives like a very simple life and like all you need is like your family and like you just kind of live off the land. Like everyone is so nice to everyone there. Um, and coming to Penn was a huge culture shock. I feel like I've grown to love the institution, but at the time it was, it's, it's a little bit elitist and like a little bit um, clicky in some sense. A lot of kids have friends from boarding school that they've known for a long time before they come in here and I was literally the only person from the state of New Mexico um, that I knew of at the time and um, it was really intimidating and I'm blessed to have had a team that was able to like include me um, and integrate me a little bit better into the school but it was definitely a hard time and I feel like at first I'm, I'm pretty shy when I first meet people um so it's it was so hard freshman year to make any sort of friends but it's gotten better as the years (laughs) have gone on for sure I went to school out of state also being away from home wasn't too difficult for me it was knowing that I was going to be gone for a long time that was difficult for me 
Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't like a quick weekend trip. I wasn't like a flight away. I couldn't just go back whenever I wanted to. And so that was a little bit difficult for me, but I was very, very much in the mindset of doing what I have to do now to be able to do what I want to do later being on a scholarship, getting that education, being able to play football, it was almost like a necessity for me to get away if I ever wanted to come back or if I ever wanted to break away from the norm that was Houston, Texas. New Mexico is the same way. Like most people out of high school, they're they're staying in New Mexico or they're going to Arizona, Colorado, just crossing the border, stayed over. Um, So that was the other thing. I felt very isolated in that sense because a lot of my friends, when they had gone to college, they kind of had friends at those schools already. Um, so on social media, I mean, you see everyone and they're having a great time. And I was there in my dorm room, like so sad and so isolated um, and just felt just, it was definitely like some of the lowest points of my life that, that first year. Um, and it breaks my heart thinking about it because like, like looking back on it, you're a freshman, like you have, the world is your oyster. Like you can go out and do whatever you want. You could go down the hall and try to make new friends. And I was just so, had such low self-esteem at that point. Um, But it was just hard for me to almost function. And getting out of that was, it was a struggle. But um, like, I'm really grateful that my, eventually got to the point where I decided to tell my mom, like mom, I'm having such a hard time at school. Like I want to, either come home next semester or transfer schools or like I don't know what to do because I just wake up every morning and cry because I just I'm not having a good time and she told me some advice that I still kind of keep close to me always is that like you have such privilege like at the place that you're at and like you need to use that privilege to your advantage for everyone that's at home for all the people that love you for all the sacrifices that like your grandparents and that we've made for you like it could always be so much worse than you have it and you're in charge you're in charge of your own life so like get in the driver's seat and steer it any direction that you choose like if you feel like you need to start going to therapy I mean it's a tough lesson but almost a necessary one very much similar to you was raised with that mindset of it doesn't matter what you have or what little you think you have someone else would kill to be in your position. When I had the opportunity to go play football, when I had that scholarship, when I could get out, I seized all of those opportunities because I felt almost obligated to do so. Because who am I to turn down those opportunities and who am I to close those doors? I was thinking about it the other day. Like the, even the idea that you just, like you get to wake up and live your own life that you've built for yourself. All the hard work that you've put in, like you're reaping what you've sown in years prior, in days prior, like how, like how awesome is that, that you get to wake up and live a life that you choose every single day. You could do whatever you wanted. Like you could just skip all your classes if you wanted to that day and sleep in if you wanted to, like, I don't know. It's just, it's, it's cool having the mindset that you're in charge of your own life versus just going through the motions. It's very liberating. Yes. <laughs> it is. Have you had the opportunity to travel a bit or go back home and see your family and friends? Yeah, I was I was able to go home obviously for the winter breaks, Thanksgiving, I was able to go home. It's been amazing having my oldest brother who lives in Manhattan. He'll come to as many track meets as he can. 
um, which is so great. Just having, knowing that you have someone so close, I got to spend a lot of time at home more than I think I would have experienced had my college uh, years not had that in them. Um, so that was, that was great to spend time with my grandparents. I mean, one of my favorite parts about being home is being able to hang out with my grandparents. So that's always very nice. But um, yeah, I feel like I've started to utilize FaceTime more. <laughs> <laughs> like the past, after my freshman year, it was hard. It was honestly hard for me to talk to my parents or my grandparents on the phone because I would get so homesick that I would just almost like want to start crying as I was talking to them. But after I got a little bit better, um, I call my mom and my dad almost every day and my grandparents like twice a week. So nice. Yeah. I built that habit very early on, speaking <laughs> pretty often to my family. But even a five minute phone call makes the world of a difference in your day. Yeah, it really does. What are you studying at Penn? I'm studying cognitive neuroscience and continuous psychology. What does that even mean? <laughs> So cognitive neuroscience, I, so I started off at Penn as a pre-med, uh, aspiring pre-med student, and I was studying just normal neuroscience. And I want to say my, my sophomore year, I took Chem 101, and <laughs> their first test, I'd studied with like a group of people that were very smart. And after our first test, we got our, our grades back. And we're all sitting in the lecture hall and they're looking at their tests and they're like, oh my gosh, guys, like, it's so bad. And I was like, oh yeah, I did so bad too. And then someone was like, oh yeah, I got like an 87. And then someone else was like, oh yeah, I got a 90. And my grade was a 30. Ooh. <laughs> so I was wow. like. You get 30 points just for signing your name. You know? <laughs> I know, I know. And I had studied with them. So I was just like, how did this happen? And I was, I was hating the class already. And we were like three weeks in. So I was like, you know, I talked to my advisor and I was just like, I hate chemistry. And they were like, well, if you're pre-med, like you have to do more chemistry. So I was like, you know, maybe pre-med isn't for me. So I was kind of browsing other options and I came across uh, cognitive science, which um, and cognitive neuroscience, which essentially is the study of the human mind or the study of the mind, um, whether that be a human's biological mind or like AI and like computational theories of the mind. Um, so it, it combines like philosophy, um, neuroscience, computer science, and psychology, which is, it's really cool to be able to study a lot of different things like that. What is most fascinating to you about what you're studying? The the human brain has always intrigued me um and i knew that like psychology to me is pretty interesting but i wanted something a little bit more um rooted in biology and in the actual like basis of our minds so uh that's kind of why i chose neuroscience i would say that i, I enjoyed now i enjoy kind of studying like the philosophy of like what it is to have a mind um, and that side of it, as well as seeing minds as just like a computer system. But I've like recently, or probably within the last like year and a half, been very interested in positive psychology. And Penn has 
um, a positive psychology department, which was they essentially like founded the whole idea of it maybe like 30 years ago. Um, and it's been really cool to take classes in that as well. By definition, what is positive psychology? Wait, I kind of want to look up the actual definition for you. Yeah, let's look it up. Positive psychology is the scientific study of what makes life most worth living, focusing both on individual and societal well-being. It's really cool to see how like mindfulness interventions or like little interventions in educational systems or in just like someone's everyday life can really help them like have tangible achievements and like good life outcomes just from one little change. You have briefly touched base a little bit about mental health. I want to ask you as a competitive athlete, how important is mental health to you just as it is the physical health? Um, I would say it's on on the same playing field, if even even a little bit more so because mm-hmm. like if you're if you're a competitive athlete, I think to me the most the most like scary athlete or like the most the athlete that I'm worried about is a healthy and happy one because like there's if when you're healthy and happy like there's honestly nothing that you can't do and I think getting to the point of being happy is a lot harder than getting to the point of just being physically healthy um and it takes a lot of introspection and a lot of work that sometimes you don't realize that you need in the moment but just like if you want to prevent injury you're going to start you're going to roll out every day on like a foam roller you're going to go get a massage or you're going you're going to do something every day to get physically better um and oftentimes I feel like some people forget that you need to do the same for your mental health um, to keep that just in a good in a good place. I'm an advocate for what you think you become. So I'm very much positive psychology. I'm very much an optimist. <laughs> I look at everything glass half full. That's my mentality. I'm totally with you. And I think not only does being an optimist help with your own like mental well-being but um I I posted this quote on my Instagram story the other day that I'd seen it it was uh everyone's a little a little bit sad so smile more and I'd seen that and I was I was thinking about it and I was like yeah like everyone everyone is going through a lot in their life and everyone is a little bit sad and even myself I really feel like a lot of people think that I have always been like this happy-go-lucky girl that really doesn't have a lot of problems, that, like, life always seems to be going just uphill in the sunshine. Uh, (laughs) But there's so many times and there's so many days when I'm just, like, down bad or I'm really sad for whatever reason it may be. Um, But too often times, like, a lot of us are going through that thing. And we don't, it might be our athletic trainer, it could be the person that, is taking our coffee order in the morning it could be our best friend a lot of times they won't bring it up to you even if you ask them like oh like how are you doing they might be too nervous to bring up kind of the the sadness or the stresses that they're feeling um but it's so important to be happy and optimistic for them because you don't know the role that you could be playing in their life um so being an optimist can help so many more people than just yourself you have much more of an impact to the world around you than you realize. Oh, yeah, definitely. And I think 
honestly, and especially for collegiate athletes, um, and I try to tell the girls on our team this all the time, like, you have no idea how many people are looking up to you, and especially being a, a female Division one athlete at an Ivy League school, like, that, you are, like, 1%, 0.001% of the population, and I'm sure that there's many high school girls that were either at your high school or see you through social media, and, like, you're inspiring them to to work hard, to work towards something, so, like, be so proud of that, and just, I don't know, just give yourself a big pat on the back, because it's so awesome. <laughs> I feel like you should be telling yourself that because speaking of the spotlight, <laughs> you are the only hemp athlete at Penn in D1 at an Ivy League school. You're the only athlete, hemp athlete. We're getting some more next year, but I just won't be here. <laughs> All right. I want to ask you one more thing about the mental health. Just as much as you do as an athlete, keeping your body healthy, how do you mentally stay fit? Mentally, I stay fit. Well, one being... When I wake up every morning, I always try to acknowledge, and this is sometimes throughout my morning, whether it be while I'm like still in bed or as I'm brushing my teeth or making coffee, like thinking about like kind of what I'm grateful for in my life. And oftentimes it is my family and it is my friends. Like I just feel like every day my heart feels like it's just bursting with love that I have for my friends and family. So like having that feeling, I'm very blessed to have that. Um, that kind of is what gets me rolling in the mornings. Uh, and then at track practice, I always journal after practice and write down kind of how the different events went that day and always reminding myself of the progression that I've made since freshman year. We haven't touched on it, but my freshman year of college, aside from myself being really down bad I was horrible at track my freshman year like wow like like embarrassing times um yeah it was it was tough but being the my junior and senior year I've gotten progressively just so much better and some days when I'm really hard on myself I I feel like I hold myself to a very high standard and oftentimes I get really frustrated with myself if I'm not kind of progressing as much as I want to but you have to recognize like where you've been and where you've come from, especially in track and field. Because um, even if, if the times aren't coming, if you're putting in that work, eventually they will come. So I always try to kind of remind myself of the progression that of where I've come from and where I want to go while I'm journaling. And then like, like you mentioned, making a phone call to a friend or family member every day. I, definitely try to do that because like you said it can just it makes your days so much better um and then lastly every every night I try to do this um I used to be very religious growing up and in high school my first few years of college and I felt like I kind of lost connection with the side of prayer that I used to do um and I've recently started to get better at that. But having any sort of like introspective thoughts at the end of the day, I think can like really help with your, just kind of your mental health strength. And um, I feel like just kind of, I don't know, just having that introspective thought, I think prayer is a great way of guiding you to that. Or um, there's books that can help you like kind of bring up questions and help you think through things that, I feel like thinking about your day and realizing all the 
the positives of it and all the amazing things that went right in your day can help you end the day on like a really positive note. And then hopefully it trickles into the next day. I love that. I practice a lot of gratitude and self-reflection throughout my day. I make it a priority to be mindful of the space that I'm in, my progression, where I've come from, where I'm going, where I'm currently at, being present, and the now very much a common practice in my day-to-day. And then on top of that, just I feel like once you realize that the beauty of life is in the journey mm. and the idea that you have to enjoy every present moment, um, it kind of, it like, like you said, it like takes the weight of the world off your shoulders and you can just kind of live in the moment, know that you're on the right path um, and enjoy that. I feel like that also, having that mindset helps a lot. I've learned that everything you go through is meant for you, period. The good and the bad. It's the lessons learned that you needed to learn. It's that process of overcoming that hurdle or that obstacle that journey, what you've learned, what you have experienced throughout that journey is specifically meant for you. So I'm of the mindset that whatever path I'm on, it's meant for me. Talk about the weight of the world being off of your shoulders. No pressure. It doesn't matter. Yeah. Like it's meant for me. <laughs> That's good. I need to remember that sometimes because like sometimes bad things happen and you're just like, why? Like, why me? But good to remember. <laughs> Let's backtrack a little bit and talk about your progression. So as I mentioned, my freshman year was, it was a struggle bus. It was uh, my times were like seconds slower than they were when I was in high school. And it was, it was really, con- I, I couldn't jump high jump to save my life. I, I just couldn't even jump over, over the opening height of the bar. Um, a lot of a lot of stressors, a lot of kind of wondering what went wrong because I mean I was working out more than I had in high school. So I was like, how is this not kind of equating to better performances on the track? And I feel like oftentimes as runners, like it's very satisfying to know that the amount of work that you put in is gonna show in your running times. Um and that was definitely a view I had on in high school. But um yeah, it was tough. And it was it was hard because I wasn't I wasn't going out and partying with all these other college kids or like pulling all nighters trying to study like track was very much so a priority. Um, but it was, I think, looking back on it, having such poor mental health, I honestly think that was like one of the main factors of like, kind of everything just not going as well as it could have. Um, but then moving on, so that next summer I was home and my dad is a strength and conditioning coach. So I work out with him all the time when I'm home. Uh, so we worked out all summer, got a lot more fit. Um, and then that fall of sophomore year, I was doing, progressing really well. I was doing much better than freshman year. Um, and I was still struggling a lot with high jump, but I was at least getting a little bit better. <laughs> And we, after our indoor season of my sophomore year, we all went home and there was no track and field competition. So that was kind of just like a a hiatus, but I was home working out with my dad still every day, which was really nice. Um, Fast forward to my junior year, the Ivy League had canceled all 
Ivy League Athletics essentially for the year. Um, I came back to Philly to train with my teammates that were here and just kind of do online classes here, even though all of our facilities were closed. Um, we'd work out in this like random gym in West Philadelphia and we'd just be running on the sidewalks. Oh, um, wow. But we got really close as a team, which was nice. Yeah. And at that point, I was ready to kind of give up on the heptathlon and the multi-events because it wasn't going well in college. Like I had not hit my high school PRs. Um, and I was like, you know, maybe I should just focus on the 400 meter hurdles. That was another event that I was recruited for. Like maybe I could just focus on running one of those events and like get really good at it. So I can actually make a difference on our team and like score points at our conference meet and maybe make it to regionals and nationals. Um, and at that point in time, we had the coaching change. So our, my current, my coach at the time left to go be Dartmouth's head coach, which was amazing. Like I was very happy for her to be able to take on a head, uh, track and field head coach, track and field position. Um, but our new coach, when I told him, I was like, yeah, like I think, and his name is coach Akana. But when I told him, I was like, yeah, I don't know if I want to really do the multi anymore like I haven't been that good at it and I'd rather just focus on the 400 meter hurdles he was like well honestly he's like I can train you to do both like he's like when I train uh, my athletes or the athletes like they're going to be strong enough to just do the 400 meter hurdles anyways so when we started training again that spring um I was just like okay like I'll give it one more shot with this new coach and we'll see how it goes. Um, and he was amazing. I don't know if we just clicked very well or if I had just become a stronger athlete than I was <laughs> uh, before COVID. Um, events started coming together a lot better for me. Um, he fixed a lot of like little things that were wrong with my running form and like sprinting technique that translated almost immediately into my sprinting events which is amazing. Um, so it was just crazy that just changing little, little tiny things about the foundation of your running stride and stride pattern and positioning can make such a world of difference. Um, but yeah, I did a, my first collegiate head path on because you only do the head path on some outdoors. I did that my junior, uh, junior spring, which was about a year ago. And it went well. I scored like number five all time for Penn's uh, track and field program. And I ended up qualifying to go to the NCAA regional meet for 400 meter hurdles. So, yeah, I, find, I felt like I finally got back on track. <laughs> You're finally hitting a stride? Yes. No pun intended. <laughs> no pun intended. No pun but, intended. Yeah. And then that, I feel like just continued working out this summer and like in the fall we had a really intense fall um training season but it's been it's honestly just been uphill ever since and I've been very, very grateful to like kind of being PRing almost every meet which is is rare but it's it just it feels like it's been such a long time coming given that there was two years of my collegiate experience where I was putting in so much work and there was like nothing to show for it almost to the point that you were going to stop and you didn't you dug yeah. in and look at where you are now <laughs> I know it's 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 crazy when I uh, 
I, a few weeks ago when I did the heptathlon, I broke our school record. Um, and I was just like, almost, I was thinking about it on our flight back home. I was like, when I was a freshman or probably at the end of my freshman year, there is no, like, if you told me that I would have scored that many points in the heptathlon, I would have like laughed or cried because there just was, (laughs) there just was no way. Um, but yeah, so just been special and I feel like oftentimes like people just see the results of something and they might not know the backstory of all the struggles that go on behind that but um that was definitely it's definitely been a wild ride for my collegiate years let's talk about some of your accolades my freshman and sophomore year our Penn women's team won our indoor and outdoor um, Ivy League conference championships and it's called HEPs it's called the heptogenal championships which is like an Ivy League thing and it's just an Ivy League track thing that they call it the heptogenal championships we won as a team but like to be honest I didn't score any points like I did not score any points for the team I was competing but that it was like so frustrating that our our team was well I was so happy for everyone but like I wanted to at least score like one point for the team and help them help them win uh but yeah I mean my progression happened after COVID so it was like I feel like now I'm in a place to actually score points um for our team which is it's nice but just need to need to do it (laughs) Walk me through that progression up until now. How do you feel competing or going into these meets? I feel very happy and very grateful to have the opportunity to compete. And I think kind of having that mindset of just going out there and having fun and recognizing that all the hard work has been done. um, I don't know. It just makes meets very enjoyable. And we train our asses off in the fall. and like during practice times that by the time you get to the meet like that's that's a fun part of track and field like you're only running one 400 you're not doing like six 400s (laughs) so it's been it's been great do you have any recent success stories I do I I've been joking with people lately because I finally hit my high school PRs in the 100 meter hurdles and in javelin Nice. Uh, as a senior, so I can leave Penn knowing that <laughs> I am better than when I was recruited here. Uh, so that is definitely a plus because that that was hard to to compete for three years in collegiate athletics and never hit your the times that you were recruited off of is kind of insane. So I'm happy that I'm now uh, better than I was when I walked in. But that was so that <laughs> I ran that. I want to say beginning of this outdoor season. And then I just paired in javelin like a few weeks ago. And like, it's not like those times are anything crazy. I don't even think they're on the top 10 all time records for Penn, but huge account, like for me, huge accomplishments. I was very happy. That's all that really matters. Yes. <laughs> Congratulations, by the way. Oh, thank you. Thanks. You're coming off of an injury. Oh yeah. It's, it's, it's really mild. Um, as I mean, my coach always tells me as a multi, like you're never going to feel a hundred percent. Like there's always going to be something that's bothering you and you, you have to be a little bit tougher than probably the average track and field athlete. 
Um, but yeah, it's it's been fun. I mean, last weekend I did five events at a meet, or I did four events, and then my coach told me I was going to be in the four by four, and I was like, oh no, like that is. Oh, wow. <laughs> it's like a track and field meme when your coach tells you that you're going to be on the four by four, and you just like want to vanish in the center like I, ho- I hope he didn't he didn't see me like no how can I get out of this <laughs> yeah like just go hide in the bathroom yeah um <laughs> but I just had to like pick the Achilles up and our wow. our other women's our women's sprints coach uh she kind of came up to our four by four squad and it's like you know like y'all need to get it together like don't be a baby like everyone everyone out here is tired like you're not the only one that's tired out here um but you put in the work and you can go out there and like run hard so um we actually ended up running a time an ivy league leading time for the four by four and i think it was number five for pens all time list which was awesome and we won uh, which is crazy. We beat out some some big schools there, but sometimes you just gotta suck it up, get after it. Have you ever thought about doing half marathons, marathons, Spartan races, or some of the longer distance races, or endurance races? Endurance races? It's crossed my mind a little bit. I I mean I live with two cross country girls, and on Sundays for their long runs, they run like thirteen miles, which is a half marathon which it just makes me want to throw up because that's <laughs> so long it's so long um in season or while I'm a college athlete hell no I mm. I want to stay away from that like I do enough training as it is mm-hmm. um but once I graduate well not once I graduate next year um I'm thinking that I'll probably pick up some distance running I feel like it's nice to have like uh, times that you want to hit and like train towards a, a certain goal mm-hmm. um so one of those in my future i just found out about the iron man competitions mm-hmm. uh i feel like that would be a crazy thing to do but it sounds insane have you done one before no i haven't i've been <laughs> highly encouraged to do them though i want to get into ultra running do some trails and then probably wow. go and go towards like the iron man spartan race routes that's next. You got to go out to, to New Mexico and get that elevation from me. For sure. I'll spend some time over there. I love that area too. I road tripped across the country two years ago. I spent like half a week in New Mexico. The vibes, the culture, great experience. Yeah, no, amazing vibes, amazing vibes. Eager to get back for sure. What are you currently working towards? So for this season, uh, the main goal is always to win our Ivy League championship meet. Um, that's in a few weeks now. Uh, everything is centered around that. Essentially, all these meets that we do throughout the season, they're just practice. And if you don't show up on Ivy League championship day, then like, what are you doing? Like that is the bread and butter of it all. And I think because of the rich tradition of the Ivy League um, and just kind of the nature of all the universities, it's very competitive. Um, and it's fun to see everyone get after it. But yeah, the main goal is to win Ivies. I'll be competing in the heptathlon. I'm pretty sure the heptathlon. Also in the 400 meter hurdles, but um, since I'm the only woman's heptathlete on our team, I'll probably try to step up in that area 
can score some points for the team. And then I'm also, I qualified for regionals in the 400 meter hurdles. So I really want to try to see um, how far that can take me and run just fast times in the 400 meter hurdles and have fun with it. Nice. So, yeah. Good luck. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. <laughs> All right, last question for you. Not looking too far ahead, what are your aspirations post-college? What's next for you? Well, next year I'm going to Duke and I'll be competing in track for one more year. So I'm interested to see the vibe shift of the ACC from the Ivy League. Um, And then after that, you know, like, I don't know. I mean, like I mentioned before, I kind of just go through whatever door life seems to open for me um, and see where it takes me. I mean, if track and field goes well, I mean, I don't, I don't know if I'd necessarily want to compete post-collegiately. Uh, I want to get a job, <laughs> but we'll see. I mean, I think that uh, that'll come up when it comes up. So. Cross that bridge when you come to it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. But for now, just working hard and kind of giving it my best effort every day of practice. There you go. So, yeah. Be present. Yep. (laughs) I love it. That's awesome. Well, again, good luck on the upcoming meets. And what's next? All right, I'll wrap it up here. Stay tuned. More to come. As always, stay for the stories.